welcome to ADIPEC Energy Dialogues, our series of conversations with industry thought leaders. I'm Gaurav Sharma. Today we are joined by Craig Heyman, who is the CEO of Aviva, and we're absolutely delighted to have him. Craig, welcome to the broadcast. Sure, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a great time to have you on board because it's, it's a pivotal moment. The world is facing a pandemic. There is some frugality in, uh, it's sort of in sort of the operating climate being sought by most of your clients and customers and the wider energy spectrum. So I think let's, let's just start off just to get things going. You have a front row seat to the proliferation of uh, digitization that the industry is witnessing. So from that front row seat, from that, uh, that, that viewpoint that you have, how do you see the pathways and the journey of the industry going forward and Aviva's own role in it? You know, it's very interesting and it's unprecedented times, especially in the energy industry, in particular oil and gas. Um, and so there's two things customers are looking for. One is they're looking for certainty around the capital expense that they're, they're spending. And the second is around they want to uh, reduce risk while also reducing their operational expense. And so right in the middle of that is, of course, the industrial Internet of Things, the digital twin, the digital transformation. Many of these customers have been, they've hired chief technology officers, chief digital officers. They've seen some success from these digital projects. And so they're, they're really asking, how can they use more digital to uh, do those two things, to provide certainty to the capital uh, projects, the more certainty of handover, more certainty those facilities will perform. And also, how can they operate their existing facilities while reducing their operational uh, expense? Of course, while keeping, while keeping everyone safe. I think if you look at, look at your, you speak about the acceleration of, of digital transformation, one recurring theme that, that keeps coming up again and again, whether it's plant operations or control rooms, uh, is the importance of artificial intelligence. It, it's sort of the, the, the key theme that, that's emerging. And from where you sit and where, where Aviva sit, what is your take on, on, on the journey forward using a premise on AI, of course? Yeah, look, uh, artificial intelligence is, is uh, really uh, transforming all industries and, and oil and gas energy is no different. So I think it all starts with data. So if you, uh, you know these facilities have been collecting data for many years, storing the data and historians have all sorts of historical information about the performance of uh, compressors, distillation columns, uh, pipelines, uh, storage facilities. And that data is really been sitting uh, sort of unused, untapped. And right in the middle of this comes along artificial intelligence. And what artificial intelligence can do is take, start looking at that data and find patterns around it. So for example, uh, if you had a, an employee who was used to standing next to a, a compressor, uh, they, they might know everything about that compressor. But artificial intelligence is looking at the data from just that compressor and all the facilities around it over a long period of time, day and night, over weeks, months, years even, and it can predict what's going to happen to that piece of equipment in the future. And that, what that means is you can predict when it's going to fail. I had one customer describe this to me as when, when they were you know, driving that compressor, they want to drive it really hard, as hard as they can, but they want to be sure that they know when it's going to break before it breaks, sort of this preventing unplanned downtime. So this is just one example of where AI is really uh, beginning to take hold. Of course, cloud is important here because you want to bring that data, flow that data into the cloud. 
you know, like you would from a stream to a river, to an estuary, to an ocean, you want to flow that data so that the more data you have, the more effective your artificial intelligence systems are. And, uh, you know, the, the experts here describe this as the four P's, predictive, performance, uh, uh, prog prognostic, and prescriptive. And so that's really uh, quite transformational in, in our industry. Now, from an Aviverse perspective, we don't think that it's just going to have one, you know, like the uh, Space Odyssey, the 2001, the HAL computer will show up and tell you everything. We rather think the artificial intelligence will be infused into everything. So that means as you dispatch a worker to work on uh, maintenance, they will be assisted by artificial intelligence, giving them some insight or some repair procedures or some safety procedures that are using data, but, but uh, advising them along the way. Or similarly, the plant operator will be using AI to advise them when to uh, perform maintenance and prevent unplanned downtime. It's really quite a, a big moment. I think you, that's, that's a fascinating thing you've just said. And I think over the years, you know, you can give us a contrast of the here and the now. You've explained some of the options, some of the technologies, the solutions available to big oil and gas companies or, or the energy spectrum in, in general. But, but from where you sit, Craig, how have you seen operators' agility being enhanced by the sort of solutions you provide? Yeah, um, I think you have to think about the full life cycle. Like many of the facilities that are in operation today have been operating for, for 20, 30, sometimes 40 plus years. They've changed hands several times, owners. They have shared ownership structures, you know, uh, different... Um, uh, their, maybe their entirety of their production footprint might be owned by with multiple companies. Um, and you've got new facilities being built, albeit CapEx has been reduced of late. I think the estimates I saw was $250 billion in CapEx that will go through a 30%, maybe even a 40% reduction. But that's still a lot of CapEx that is largely not digitalized. So on the build out, what we see is uh, build out new facilities, work creatively between the owner operators and the EPCs. So when you hand the facility over, you're handing over a digital twin of that facility at the same time. So this, what this does is it reduces your, your handover risk and provides more certainty of operation. When you're designing the system, do a simulation at the same time that you design it. And what we've done is we've brought together um, uh, the chemical process simulation into the 3D design system. So as you're uh, laying out your facility, maybe the change in the height or the width of a pipe, we're running 250,000 simultaneous equations to show how that facility will operate at a, a startup, at shutdown, and at different levels of, of operation. And then that's, so that's on the design and, and build out and handover. Of course, standards are important there, standards of data, interoperability between vendors, uh, handover standards. And then on the uh, operational side, it's all that we talked about. It is looking at the data that sits inside these facilities and using it. This is, you know, this is like a, another reservoir that companies can tap into. It has so much richness of information, but it's unused. It, it's not been refined in any way. And so we think this is back to artificial intelligence uh, and the cloud. We think that that's a, a, a big, uh, to, you know, uh, activity for customers. And look, there's, there's no new budgets anywhere. Uh, people want to deliver more projects with more certainty with less cost. Digital helps them do that. 
They also want to operate these facilities with, for less cost, uh, with higher safety and lower risk. Again, digital technology helps you do that. You have to go a long way to find anything in any industry that would drive such a substantial change as digital would for, for our customers. And finally, growth. Um, I'll talk about uh, value chain optimization. So uh, we just announced uh, uh, something I, I think is kind of a, a cool thing to do is uh, we put a sensor. So as uh, your oil is, is being extracted, we can look at the, the, compos the composition of it. We can figure out what assay it is pretty, pretty rapidly. We can then run a value chain optimization between storage facilities, uh, refineries, ships at sea, spot market prices, and run that, that uh, value chain optimization, that supply chain planning, uh, not just once a year, but run it 12 times a year, burst it into the cloud, run it within minutes to optimize it. And in some cases, our customers, that's, that's another dollar a barrel or $100 million of economic value every time you run that optimization. I think this is um, quite exciting. It's it's very interesting. I think I think in in our conversation so far, you've you've brought up the crucial subject of legacy issues. You've also mentioned the value that emerging solutions bring to the table for for for. I, I shouldn't call it an old-fashioned industry, but rather an industry that is rapidly digitizing. Yet, you know, Craig, the the operating conditions are what they are, courtesy of the pandemic. There are other pressures. Sure. Macroclimate is what it is. So in such a climate, how hard or easy it is for companies such as yourselves to, to help big oil or the energy uh, space accelerate these pathways, the digital pathways, whether we're talking the, the, the plant or the control room, I mean, you have solutions for everything, but how hard it is under the current climate to, to get them around to your viewpoint. Yeah, so let's just, uh, of course, in the current climate, we, of course, everyone's focused on protecting lives uh, and livelihoods at the same time. So the question is, how can you, um, how does digital help uh, in that? Well, uh, let's just, uh, first point is if you're designing, you have a large project where you're designing a facility of people all over the world, well, the cloud brings them together. So now you can have your engineers, uh, your EPC, working and collaborating remotely if needed, uh, with all of that data shared in the cloud. It's reduced the risk from people going into an office to do their design uh, facilities. We, we ourselves have made available for, for no additional fee uh, to allow customers to operate their design projects entirely in the cloud. Um, then you come down to the operational facility. Again, I'll, I'll repeat, uh, there's no new budget. So what we will do is we'll go into a customer and we'll say, hey, look, let's just take a class of, uh, of, of um, of your assets, uh, let's say uh, compressors or turbines or, or some such. Let's say, and let's uh, look, you know, put, put, attach our system for a couple of weeks and we'll tell you something about those systems that you didn't know. We'll tell you a few things you did know, but we'll tell you a few things you don't know. And the savings that you generate from, from that will help you fund digital projects. So, because you think of this, all of the unplanned downtimes, the outages, the uh, production uh, fines, these are all in companies' operational expense. So what we're doing is we're, we're, we're reducing that operational expense and, and perhaps competing for some of that spend to be, to be on uh, digital. These are, are uh, uh, I, think, uh, I think I've heard you use this term before, pathways. These are, these are the pathways. If you ever walk to the beach, you see the pathways through the dunes where other people have walked. 
because it's easier to walk through these pathways. And so these are these digital pathways, the paths through the dunes that let you understand how to drive digital in a, in a, in a financially and a safe manner. I think uh, one of the things, and, and if you look at, look at solutions, you look at where the world is going, we keep hearing the expression big data. We, we see the proliferation of cloud computing. Uh, you know, is, is there such a thing as an information overload or things becoming a bit too cloudy, if I may say so? Uh, and you're tied into that, that some of these big data solutions and, and, and advanced analytics and cloud computing, uh, computing I beg your pardon, uh, enable uh, sort, of, uh, sort of alarms and detection systems. Uh, so what kind of fail safes do, uh, fail -safes do we have to, for these alarm systems to, to not sort of have an overload of alerts? And then secondly, you know, of course, as, as I, my entry point was, is it too big? Or is it too, uh, too, too, is big data being too big or is it getting too cloudy? Yeah, uh, it's a very good point. Um, look, I think uh, visualization becomes important. Uh, you know, look, uh, the dashboards of old, the operational facilities of old was somewhat, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the fire hose of data being rendered, which we, we've all learned quickly overloads operators. It, it tires them uh, and it means that uh, they're unable to, to see the, the, the patterns and the trends. So first off, we think it begins with uh, spending the time on just making visually stunning operational, unified operations centers that are uh, present the data in compelling ways that's useful for the business. I think you've seen us do that at uh, Adnock, you've seen us do that uh, in, in other places around the world. And by the way, we do this in other industries. We do this in mining, we do this in cities, we do this in airports. Uh, it's just the beautiful visualization of the data. Um, it's like on your phone. You don't see all the data your phone has. You only see the things that the data that you need based on the app that you're using. We're doing the same thing in the oil and gas industry. Uh, the second thing is then this artificial intelligence, which is then uh, uh, providing some insight, you know, predicting, being, uh, 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 sort of being able to um, understand what will happen and assist you in some way. And that now brings that back to that, to that visual. It's not your red, yellow, green, you know, flashing uh, warning light uh, of, of old that we've all seen in our science fiction films. Rather, this is very subtle hues, uh, visual alerts, uh, that is uh, uh, sort of uh, not soothing, but uh, really draws your eye in a non-tiring way to the patterns that, that are anomalies. And something wonderful happens here. Uh, you now have, uh, people within an organization or across their, 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 um, you know, their footprint of operators, they look at that data together. And when you look at data together, you, you have a shared understanding of it for the first time. You say, oh, I didn't know this. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that went over there. Oh, that's interesting. And so now you're having a, a collaborative discussion about the data. The data is binding people together around what is their real business. Uh, I think that is uh, sort of the sort of the human element of of this this journey of digital transformation. I suspect that when you're about to make a system clearer, it's not big data on its own is is not enough. It's it's what you do with it that matters. Yes. Is the is the standard joke that that goes around the system. But then I I, I guess I guess that brings us ties it you know, sort of cues us very nicely for un, for my next question, which which pertains to the skill set. You know, you, you're, you're powered by, uh, by, by the brainiacs and the experts and, and, and the enthusiasts 
who are part of your workforce. Now, you yourself as an industry expert would agree that the tech cycle that we are witnessing is shortening. It was a decade, that is half a decade. Now it's a matter of years uh, where, where the technology completely turns on its head. So, uh, so for companies such as yourselves and the sort of talent that you seek, it, it really is bottling down to always being on your toes. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's, uh, this idea of uh, learning. Uh, I think you, you have to have a sort of a posture where you're always trying to learn in some way because you're always, there's always something uh, new, new to learn. And, and I think that's the, I like the, your, your expression on your toes because on your toes forces you to lean forward. Uh, you know, you're, 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 you're curious, you ask a question. And that's what we do with our customers. When we sit down, we ask questions. If, as someone told me a long time ago, if you never ask a question, you never learn. Um, and so you can learn, okay, how are you applying data? Uh, how are you, uh, what is your business problem? And look, I think where we are today is different than where we were two years ago. Two years ago, there was a lot of energy on people becoming educated about the power of big data, about digital transformation, industry 4.0. Uh, that led to uh, sort of the staffing, the hiring of these digital teams within, within our customers. They've also, uh, many, many companies have also begun, they already have a digital agenda, they've begun digital programs. But now they're looking for, okay, uh, I've started, now how can I go faster? And that's where you want to bring the best practices, not just what you've learned inside your company, but the best practices across uh, the entire world, which is of course why uh, places like, uh, and events like Adipac are just, uh, just awesome. I think, uh, uh, indeed, sir. And I think, I, uh, let, me, let me just bring in a, a very Aviva specific question. Earlier in our conversation, you, you, you touched on, on the concept of remote working and how you're assisting your, your clients uh, with, with that, that premise. Look, Craig, the, the, the pandemic has, has obviously got some, some profound, created some profound changes in the way companies operate and in whole industries uh, indeed operate. So let me be very specific here that given the macroeconomic climate as it is and the kind of solutions being sought by the industry, very specifically on Aviva, what are the kind of solutions that are, that are making waves with your clients and you see a demand for over the next 12 to 18 months, shall we say? Yeah, look, clearly the pandemic uh, reframed all of our lives, both personally and professionally. And I think we all uh, went through, uh, both personally and professionally, things that we said, I'm, I'm not doing that, you're suddenly doing it. Uh, we're, we're working remotely, we're talking remotely here. Uh, we, it changed dramatically uh, how we think about everything. And so we saw that uh, almost overnight. Uh, specifically in, in oil and gas, there was a focus on, well, how do you work remotely and safely? Uh, customers who had said, look, I have these reasons why I don't like cloud, uh, and, and it could have been, you know, there, there is a standard list of them. There are, there are important points, uh, uh, data privacy, performance, that's not what we do here. Our culture doesn't fit that. Uh, it's, it's the, the, you know, a list of uh, sort of a litany of questions. Um, what happened is overnight, those objections didn't seem important anymore because you knew if you moved your engineers, your design engineers, your, your, your EPCs, if you move them to work remotely, they would be safer and your projects, your capital projects would stay on track and they would be, have more certainty. And so that reframed how people think about it. And 
uh, the way I think about this also is how long does it take to form a habit? Uh, you know, you start something, you know, you say, I'm going to eat healthier or I'm going to go to the gym more or something. I, I think it's about three months. If you're doing something over, after, over and over after three months, it just becomes, that's how you think you always did it. And so here we are five months, six months in, and I think the, the shift towards cloud, how we operate here remotely has become uh, the norm. Uh, it will be the exception uh, if uh, to, to, to revert back. So uh, cloud really has been uh, a big uptake. And the other area is this area, we call it asset performance management or APM, which is about this machine learning, artificial intelligence, using that data and advising customers to prevent unplanned downtime. Those two things are really quite a substantial trajectory change. Let me ask a, a sub-question tied into that. You, you, you mentioned some products, you mentioned some of the solutions that you provide and that, the, that, that there is a take-up for the industry. A lot of people are tying in the energy industry's efforts towards digitization directly to their efforts lowering their carbon footprint. So do you subscribe to that theory? And of course, you know, what sort of changes have you noticed over the last, say, five years? It's become an even more pressing uh, topic uh, in light of COVID, but it's always been there in the background. Yeah, look, uh, sustainability is an important topic, and, and I think we're, we're all very much focused uh, on, on a sustainable future. We, we all want, though, to ensure that we can serve the world's energy demands uh, uh, while driving towards a sustainable future. And so in many countries where, where their, their energy consumption is, is uh, flattened or declining, there are other countries where energy consumption is increasing. How the types of energy we're consuming has, has, has changed, uh, is changing. So, so for example, uh, aviation, right? We're, we're not all flying as much. So that um, there's also the, the, the distribution of energy. Of course, electrification is one of the most efficient ways to distribute energy. Uh, and so driving more electrification in the world, this is where our partnership with Schneider Electric is really quite, quite important. So, so this is sort of one aspect is how can you uh, um, allow for um, efficient um, consumption, efficient energy transitions, how, how can you do that? The, uh, the second part is how can you look at the footprint you already have and operate that more efficiently? So we were working with one customer as they introduced uh, a new um, uh, product that was, uh, had a lower carbon footprint. Uh, it was still carbon emitting, but it had a lower carbon footprint, it, it substantially so. So that's really quite important to drive energy uh, uh, sort of uh, CO2 reduction. And then finally, uh, I'll back to the point I was on earlier, this supply chain point. It's quite stunning actually, uh, in the oil and gas industries that we're mostly running on these 90 day uh, demand supply cycles. This is where we were back in um, uh, March, I think it was February, March, when you know, the price went to, to zero to negative because there was nowhere to, uh, to store uh, what, the, what had been produced 90 days prior. Uh, this is a supply, uh, a supply chain problem. Um, I mean, just to say as forthright of that, it's a supply chain problem. And you can solve that by running supply chain capability. You can reduce production. You can ensure that uh, you can optimize the, the full end-to-end uh, -end version of your supply chain, not a siloed view of it. And again, I think this industry has really some good examples of customers who are taking leadership, leadership there. Look, 
it is a difficult topic, um, but uh, it is one that we have embraced. We think that, uh, especially in oil and gas, especially uh, in, in other industries, that uh, uh, software has a part in reducing uh, the planet's temperature. It's been an absolutely fascinating conversation, Craig, but, but I can't let you go uh, without sort of asking about Aviva's own journey over the last, last sort of 20 odd years. And, and of course, if you, you know, you've come a long way from your, your intellectual heart and your nerve center in, in Cambridge over the years, especially over the last half decade, you've grown organically. You've also grown via measures and acquisitions. You've also sort of had this, this big news we had in 2018 about the merger, as, as you briefly mentioned in your earlier answer about your merger with the Schneider Electric's industrial software division. So, uh, which of course led to Schneider being a major shareholder uh, in Aviva. So these partnerships, these synergies, these, these acquisitions, how have they shaped your journey? And, and could you give us, a, give us a brief overview of what we can expect from you? Yeah, look, uh, I think uh, our, our business, the software, is no different from, from our customers' business. It's a lot driven on partnerships. And so Aviva is a software company, as you said, uh, born out of uh, Cambridge University 50, 50 years ago. Uh, sort of uh, the early 3D design tools for designing uh, uh, process manufacturing facilities. Um, uh, about two years ago, two and a half years ago, we uh, um, combined the software assets from Schneider Electric, uh, Schneider Electric software. This gave us sort of the operational, not just the build out, but also the operational view of the systems. And then most recently, uh, we announced our intent to uh, acquire uh, the, uh, the business of OSIsoft and their, their, their wonderful, wonderful product line, OSIsoft Pi, uh, which is this data historian. Um, the business that we have today is about three times the size. It was just two and a half short years ago. Uh, we're, we're doing well and we're taking our lessons uh, from uh, oil and gas and from other industries uh, around the world out to, out to our customers. It comes down to this point of what do we believe? And we believe that uh, this digital journey is, is based, it will be driven by, by people using technology. It's, it's the technology enables people to be successful inside a company. Uh, not, you know, it's not technology over people, it's technology to help people. And in order to do that, you need partnership. You need to build trust and you need to do partnership and you need to deliver innovation. And on that final point, we invest really heavily in innovation. It's about 15% of our, of our overall uh, revenue that we invest in, in research and development. That's the same as a, a tech company. It's over $130 million of, of, of developers. Uh, we have uh, these teams and they have about uh, 10 to 12 people on each team. They're called a scrum team. They're pure developers working on a development project. And we have 150 of those teams. And every 90 days, we take what we learn around the world and we go again and we innovate around something that we've learned from maybe, maybe one, of the, one of your wonderful conferences, uh, one, of our, one of our customers, and we turn that into the products and then we work, work around the world. And it, it, it's working well for us. Craig, thank you very much for your time. We, we really appreciate all your inputs and, and this fascinating conversation uh, that we've had. Ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Craig Heyman, who's the CEO of Aviva. Uh, for more details on this broadcast, go to adipec.com. Thank you for watching and listening.